As both pupils and MPs got back to school in England this week, Education Secretary Gavin Williamson was still firmly in place, even though senior civil servants and the head of exam regulator Ofqual had left their posts. With the PM's chief adviser Dominic Cummings determined to shake up Whitehall, the role and responsibilities of the civil service are firmly in the spotlight. Gabriel Milland is an adviser and consultant who's worked at Downing Street and at the Department for Education. The former senior civil servant Jill Rutter writes for the UK in a changing Europe think tank. I asked her if she believed the tradition of ministerial responsibility was under threat. I think it's basically disappeared as far as we can see because what we've seen is issues you would normally be expecting the ministers to step up to the plate and take responsibility, both on failures on health and on the more recent failure on exams. We've seen ministers basically saying, it's not me, it's the people who work for me. In case of the health problems, we've been told a lot of responsibility is being laid at the door of Public Health England, which is duly being abolished. In the case of the exams fiasco, we've had the exit of the chief regulator, the exit of the DfE permanent secretary, but as yet nothing from uh, Gavin Williamson saying he accepts ministerial responsibility. So I think we're at the extreme end of ministers pushing responsibility elsewhere. Gabriel Millen, do you think that's fair? In my experience, ministers do take responsibility and the Prime Minister does take responsibility. I mean, there is often a question whether making the Secretary of State walk the plank at a moment of crisis is the right way of dealing with that particular crisis. I think it was very clear in several instances that the Prime Minister himself was absolutely clear that he didn't expect a blood sacrifice in either of these cases. And Jill, why are you so clear that what happened with exams in England, for example, was a policy failure rather than a civil service failure? One of the problems in our system is it's very difficult to work out who did what when. But I think if you look at uh, the fundamental political judgment on exams was, was it politically tenable to have a system of calculated grades? Could some sort of system of assessing people where students lacked any agency at all ever be acceptable? And that, I think, is the fundamental political judgment. And that's why I think that that is very clearly for ministers. I don't think Ofqual is at all blameless. I think Ofqual was clearly not transparent enough. Some of the oddities in its assessment process, I think, should have actually caused pause for saying, should we just say this isn't going to work much earlier than they did? We almost have this sort of unravelable Faustian pact between ministers and civil servants about who is responsible for what. And that's one of the things that makes accountability very difficult. And Gabriel, we were told that Dominic Cummings wants to shake up the civil service. He wants to bring in outside expertise. He wants to challenge the, the dilettante nature, as he may view it, of some of the civil servants. What do you think would be his view of the series of claims that civil servants are, are being blamed rather than ministers? I think he may well certainly be of the view that there is a lack of ability in certain key skills. And this is not just Dominic. I think there is a danger of fixation on him. There is a degree of exasperation amongst many people on the political side about the lack of certain key skills in the civil service numeracy, project working, the ability to form ad hoc teams, the way that the civil service reacts very poorly to career changes. I mean, I'm someone who joined the civil service aged 40. I spent five, six years as a civil servant. 
I had better orientation and training when I joined KFC age 16 for a Saturday job than when I joined as a senior civil servant. I think it's quite interesting. I joined the civil service from university, but then I went out and worked in business. I thought it was really interesting when I came back into the civil service how uninterested people were about what I'd learnt while I was doing six years out of the civil service. Yeah, there is stuff that needs to be done to the civil service, but you want to do it with the civil service. If you do it at the civil service, which is the impression we get now, tell everybody they're useless, then that's a terrible atmosphere. And the real thing that civil servants will say you often get some way of delivery, effective delivery, is when ministers close their ears or make it clear they don't want to hear people pointing out some genuine practical obstacles. I think that's the conversation that is at risk now. Civil servants should be more prepared to say to ministers, actually, we think this policy is quite badly founded, flawed, and will be very difficult to make work. But if you want to go ahead, that's your choice. But we are putting our reservations on the record and we are seeking a direction from you before we proceed. That would make life more uncomfortable for civil servants. They have to take more responsibility for the advice they give. But it would also make life, I think, uh, you know, in a sense, better for ministers. I think formal procedures um, are something that people will want to look at, particularly in things like training and development. I just want to correct one thing, though, and this is the idea that civil servants are somehow muzzled from speaking out. I have been both a civil service media handler and a special advisor media handler. You know, I have regularly had to deal with the results of civil servants speaking directly to the media. The idea that they take kind of a, a monkish vow of silence when it comes to certain newspapers is, I'm afraid, for the birds. Gabriel Milland and Jill Rutter. With Boris Johnson's 